0: What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about the best mattress out there, and it's from our friends over at Snooze Sleep. And they have created the Snooze Flip mattress, which is the most universal mattress on the planet. It's a Four in one mattress and how they make a four in one mattress. Well, it's hard on one side, soft on the other side. So if you want it hard, you can flip it to the hard side. If you want it soft, flip it to the soft side. You can even do it interchangeably. And then they also come with a zippable cover, which makes it so it can be hot or it can be cold, and you can mix and match if you want it hard and cold, warm, and soft any way you want. You can have that in this four-in-one mattress, and if that wasn't enough, they're a Colorado company, and you know we love supporting our local partners, and it's made in Colorado, but designed for the world, so you can get it anywhere you are, and if you head over to snoozesleep.com and use the code DNVR, you'll get $250 off a mattress and $250 off an. a adjustable base so that's a savings of five hundred dollars and if you want to get a king mattress well you double that you get five hundred dollars off the mattress and five hundred dollars off an adjustable base for a savings of a thousand dollars and you can only get that deal by using that code dnvr over at snoozesleep.com it's the best night of sleep you'll get all right ryan let's hop into the show number one
1: for the one and only break brew and a friend bleed orange and blue to the bitter end come and join us d we
2: are dnvr we are dnvr we are live from studio c today the c stands for can't pass the ball um that's the broncos they can't pass the ball in big situations and that's a big reason Why they lost the game last night. We'll talk all about that. In fact, here in a second, we're going to assess blame. Um, And Zach, the more I think about this, the more I think we should rank um, the top five most to blame for the missed opportunity last night. And it really was a missed opportunity. I'm going to talk a lot about um, those two words today. But first, a shout out to kind of two words, MSU Denver msu denver online they're presenting sponsor presenting sponsors two words Uh, (laughs) um msudenver.edu slash online where you can go to scope out all they have to offer 750 total classes 45 plus online and hybrid programs something for everyone over at msu denver so check them out uh, and further that education
0: Oh man, Ryan, I, I can't even muster it up today. Uh it's it's a miserable Monday. I mean, it is freezing outside, super cold. Uh it is uh a terrible day uh after the Broncos lost because you're absolutely right. Missed opportunity. Missed miserable Monday. I mean, that that that's what today is in Broncos country and uh fans I think are even harder than I am on this team right now.
2: Yeah, um And this was so predictable. I think I said it on the show last week. I'm like, look, it is an everything to lose or everything to win, nothing to lose type of game. Um, But no one's going to feel that way if they lose. Um, And, of course, I think I even said, like, they're going to have a chance to win. And when they don't, it's going to make everyone really upset. And I think that's exactly what happened. Um, As I have just stewed on this, and, and I think I... Even said this last night, I was like, yeah, the more the, the longer I have to digest this, the more I'm just going to realize what a missed opportunity it was. And that's really what this was. I mean, Zach, how many times we've been doing this show for, what, five years together? Yeah. Um, And so that's 10 Chiefs games. And all right. Yeah. Yep. It's 10 Chiefs games, probably eight 11. against yep. Mahomes. Yep. Is that what it would be? Um, So it, we've done the eight, eight weeks leading up to Chiefs games against Mahomes, how many times have we built the plan to how you can beat Mahomes? And man, if if they didn't execute every single thing we've ever said last night, um, control time of possession, run the ball, dominate on defense, which is something we wouldn't even have thrown out in a, in a Mahomes week because it seems so unrealistic. They did everything um, except for one thing, and it was something that came up this week For the first time ever, from me, I said they're going to need to hit some vertical passes. Um, I really felt like they needed to do something to chunk the field because I don't trust this offense to just methodically work their way down the field. I was talking to a, a DNVR member last night, Tori, and she was saying, like, you might as well just try to score from the 40. Uh, because you can't score in the red zone. And I'm like, yeah, that's as good of an idea as I've heard. Just, you know, it's the old Sutton rule, right? Throw it up once you get across the 40, and it means even more for this team now. Um, but, but backtracking a little bit, almost everything we've ever said about the formula for beating the Kansas City Chiefs, they did it last night. And because they got just utterly nothing out of the passing game in big situations, it was all for naught
0: yeah i mean ryan you're hitting it right on the head and why don't we just go ahead and and rank them and i can we just start at the top start at number one the most to blame here and ryan the defense was elite last night did everything they they needed to do uh and the running game was very very good i mean 150 yards and they average five yards per carry you will take that any day of the week that's the formula right there special teams terrible special teams awful Ryan what have I not mentioned what aspect of the game it's the one you've been talking about the passing game and so when you look at a passing game well who does the blame go to the most it goes to Teddy Bridgewater and Ryan looking back at the game and just thinking about it more Teddy Bridgewater was terrible and he had a he had a terrible game. I mean, let's just look at the stats really quick. 22 of 40, 257 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, a passer rating of 62.2. That is really really bad. And he was worse than those stats. He he was significantly worse because he got a lot of garbage time stats as well. So let's look at when the game was competitive and when the Broncos still had a chance in it. First three quarters, Ryan, Teddy Bridgewater, 11 of 22, 50%. Ryan, one of the best things about Teddy Bridgewater is he completes 70% of his passes. Nope, not last night. 50%, 130 passing yards in three quarters. Zero touchdowns, one interception, and then that is even kind to Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, how many other interceptions could he have had? How many open, I shouldn't say open guys, but how many times did he throw where it just did not make sense and he was just making zero plays? Ryan, this was about as bad of quarterback play as we're, as we're going to see this year.
2: Yeah, it was awful, and I completely agree with you, Zach. He is the number one culprit for why the Broncos missed that opportunity last night. Um, And I think that would, that sentiment would be echoed from anyone who watched the game. Obviously it's a, you know, a, uh, a national TV game last night. So there's people all over the country who watched that. And I would venture to guess they, they, a lot of them came away saying, man, the Broncos could actually be a pretty darn good team if they had a quarterback. Um, And it was really bad from Teddy last night. And how many times, Last week leading up, and please do not turn this into a Drew Law conversation. Please, I'm begging you in the comments. (laughs) You don't Um, have to worry, I'm not. I know you won't. Um, But how many times did we talk about that interception that he threw uh, last year in Kansas City that really cost them an opportunity to win that game? And we said, you know, hey, if Teddy can avoid that type of mistake this week, which he's expected to do, um, the Broncos have a shot. Well, they did have a shot. And he did not. In fact, he had two terrible interceptions. One, you know, is a little more unlucky um, on his part, but it goes to the house, uh, which is even worse than what Drew Locke did last year. You know, Drew throws a pick in the red zone, which takes points off the board. This gives points to the other team, seven points to the other team. It was um, the nail in the coffin, but really the one to Judy was was worse because there was no luck involved. It was just a terrible, terrible, terrible read, terrible throw. Uh, and an easy interception for the Chiefs and so he throws two and just sinks the Broncos now that doesn't mean that Drew Locke should be coming in to replace him it means that the Broncos have two quarterbacks who can't get it done against KC and that's the problem and it's been the problem and it's the number one thing in football and Teddy has had a lot of you know games that are good enough this year he is good enough to beat bad teams, good enough to beat the Jets and the Giants and the Jaguars and the football team and the Chargers when they charger it. And, you know, um, and he's going to be good enough to beat the Lions next week. Um, but he's not good enough to beat the Chiefs. And that's a huge problem for the Broncos. They're lucky that they have a last place schedule this year. So they get to play all of those teams that Teddy Bridgewater is good enough to beat. But as the stage has gotten bigger, um, he has gotten worse as the teams that they've played have, have gotten better. He has gotten worse. So it's uh, he's number one and he is going to have a rough, a rough, rough day in the film room today because it, he, he really brought next to nothing to the table last night when almost everyone else um, brought a lot
0: yeah absolutely and Ryan Teddy Bridgewater's a 500 quarterback and to look no further than the Broncos record right now 6-6 six and six. that's exactly what he is and that's with uh, a defense that yes they have had some bad games but they are also they're a top three scoring defense when you take a step back and look at it and sure stats can be a little misleading but this defense has been good the running game last night was very good and for the most part the Broncos have had a very good run game so it's not like Teddy Bridgewater has been left out to dry this year and and so people need to realize, though, that the days of throwing 15 touchdowns, 11 interceptions like he had with the Vikings his rookie season and sophomore season and you know a winning record, those are so far away. Even though that's six years ago, that is light years away in the NFL because the NFL has changed so much where just that type of quarterback play – doesn't work. It, and it just points to our to every conversation we've ever had about how important it is. The, the quarterback is the only position that matters. And when you look at Teddy Bridgewater this year, that is spot on. Despite good defense, despite a good running game, Ryan, the Broncos are 0-6 when Teddy Bridgewater has a passer rating below 100. They are 6-0 when he has a passer rating over 100. And that just points to the importance of the position. We're talking about a top or a bottom 10 quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater, and he is still that important to the Broncos' success, and that's why every conversation that we're going to have for the next many, many months is just going to circle back to Do they have the quarterback? Because you know what? Last night, if they had a top 10 quarterback, not even an Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, they win that game, and it's probably not even close. But the gap between 10 and 23, which I think is where Teddy Bridgewater ranks ranks on QBR right now, is just absolutely massive. And you know what? If you keep investing $4 million, a sixth-round pick, in your quarterbacks— you're going to get bottom 10 quarterback plays. So Broncos shouldn't be surprised when they step back and look at it.
2: Yeah. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has seven interceptions this season, Zach. He has eight games in which he threw zero interceptions. Here are the one, two, four games in which he does have interceptions. Um, it would be the Baltimore game. No, sorry. Not the Baltimore game. The Pittsburgh game. He had one. Uh, The home loss to the Raiders, the embarrassing home loss to the Raiders, he had three. The uh, honestly embarrassing loss to the Case Keenum Browns on Thursday night football, he had one. And then against Kansas City last night, uh, he has two. So Pittsburgh, Vegas, Cleveland, Kansas City, the Broncos have lost every single game in which he has thrown an interception. Um, And those are arguably – you know, four of the toughest losses of the season. Um, Pittsburgh, they really never had a chance in that one. Um, same with Las Vegas. Then again, of course, the two, the two primetime games, I think are probably the two most painful losses of the season for the Broncos. And uh, those are two of his worst performances.
0: And Ryan, the really unfortunate thing when you say that, those are all good teams. I mean, the worst team is the Steelers right. in, in, in that batch, and they, they just beat uh, the, the, Ravens. the Ravens. And so that is... Not good when you look forward because next week, obviously, Broncos have the Lions. Ryan, yes, you and I are overlooking the Lions because if they lose to the Lions, blow everything up. The season is absolutely done, and you're looking at bigger and better things. Uh, But then after that, all four teams that are in the playoff hunt, three teams that are legitimately in the playoffs right now, and one team that has the same record as you in the Las Vegas Raiders uh, that are certainly in the hunt as well doesn't diagnose well for the rest of the season considering you're playing some good teams I expect Teddy Bridgewater based off what you just said and kind of what we're talking about Teddy Bridgewater is gonna have a good game next week he's gonna have a passer rating over 100 the Broncos are gonna win after that yikes
2: yeah and again this is something I've mentioned all season and it still rings true every time the Broncos you know bank one of these wins against a bad team and Thank you for that last play schedule. They they always have one waiting for them around the corner. It buys them another week to get better. You know, um, teams evolve over the season. Look at the Broncos defense. You know, the Broncos defense was a massive letdown for the first quarter and a half of the of this football season. Now they look like a team where, again, if this team had a quarterback people would be saying, Oh man, you do not want to run into the Broncos in the playoffs. That defense is clicking on all cylinders right now. Um, you know, holding Patrick Mahomes to the worst passer rating of his career, holding that offense to 13 points. I like you could have gotten, obviously you couldn't have bet on this because all the points are going to count. Um, but if you could have bet on Broncos to hold the Casey offense, even under 16, the odds would have been incredible in your favor. Um, And
0: Ryan, to your point really quick, on DraftKings Sportsbook, the over-under for Kansas City points was 28-and-a-half, and and they had, what, 10? No, I guess nine, technically, off of things other than the offense. So the Broncos' defense outplayed that by over half.
2: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, again, um, they keep buying themselves time to evolve, and they have evolved. The defense got their their shit together, um, and now – they're going to get a win over the Lions. I'm sorry, I'm just going to – I'm talking about this as an, <laughs> in absolutes all week. And if they lose, well, yeah, it's a whole different conversation. Um, but they're going to get a win to go to seven and six, and that buys them another week to get better. Um, and then they're going to have a home stretch, which doesn't have any gimmies uh, after that, right? They, they got
0: one game against the Bengals after that, then two on the road, then they finish at Kansas City. And to, to your point about potentially getting better, Ryan – The Bengals can look like at times like one of the bet like the best team in the NFL. And then other times, look at the first half last or yesterday. They go down 24-0 to the team that the Broncos dominated against the Chargers. And that was just too big of a hole to dig themselves out of. They end up losing by like 20 points, an embarrassing loss at home for the Bengals. So what I'm saying is they can play really, really bad. The Broncos, while the Bengals can look like the Broncos have no chance, they, there's also times when the Broncos could play average and beat the Bengals.
2: Yeah. Again, it's just crazy the way the schedule has really um, been so much in their favor. So, anyways, they still have time to get it figured out, but, um, The quarterback play is really, really holding them back in those big games. Um, Okay, who is second place in your mind?
0: Mm, I've got two that are neck and neck, but I'm going to go with what the fans want. I'm going to go Pat Shermer is number two here. Uh, When when you look at the passing game, Ryan, there's a lot of components involved, and the play caller is absolutely right behind the quarterback at the top of the list, and so I have to go with Pat Shermer, number two, to blame. We talked about it a lot yesterday. This Broncos offense is just so inconsistent, and the fact that they were able to score nine points last night, only nine, is terrible. We questioned the play call uh, on on third and two, and then fourth and two at the end of their 20-play drive a lot last night, and I think that absolutely deserves a lot of criticism, and then just no, no juice. Now, where I do give Pat Shermer credit is he stuck with the run, and that was the reason why I almost put him down a notch to third, but Ryan, I think we're giving him, you know, so much credit for this is because it's something that he he hasn't done in the past and so we're kind of over there but still I'm really happy that Pat Shermer stuck with the run if you would have told me over under Javante Williams carries 22 and a half I would have said he should be over but he's going to be under just because of Pat well Pat did a good job he got he got uh, Javante Williams 23 carries so credit to him there but still I mean, just no creativity. We talked about last night, too, Ryan. I mean, the Broncos, this is the game that you're going to pull out all game. the tricks. And
2: they did nothing. They did not one. <laughs> not not a jet sweep. Not a traditional They did a couple reverse. of the fake handoffs. Yeah, they sure did. <laughs> um, not a wide receiver pass. I mean, one thing. Not even like a throwback screen or anything. I mean... Nothing that was in the bag at all. It's really frustrating. Um, And just mind-boggling. I mean, again, I said it all week, you're going to need some chunk plays. You know, other than shots, there's other ways to get chunks. Um, And one of those is trick plays. And they just, I don't even know, do they have a trick play in the playbook? Uh,
0: I have to say no right now because I'd be making it up if I said yes.
2: (laughs) I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, I do give him credit. For the run game, uh, he stuck with the run game. Honestly, even when they were down two scores, I felt like he stuck with it an acceptable amount. The Broncos ran so many plays that it's crazy. You know, you you have thirty-one runs, um, and then you still had forty dropbacks. You're gonna, or probably even more than forty dropbacks. Let's see, uh, it was forty-one dropbacks. Um, so that you're probably gonna lose anytime you ask Teddy Bridgewater to drop back forty times, but. The Broncos just had the ball so much that it changes that a little bit. Um, so I do give him credit for, I don't, I don't know necessarily what to call it, call non-situational play calling. Like, he, I felt like just on an average down, he did a decent job. Um, but the big downs is where I feel Pat Schirmer really let them down. Of course, we talked a lot last night about that third and fourth down series uh, down there in the red zone that was, the, you know, the – Biggest turning point in the game, in my opinion. Broncos score there; they get seven there, tie ball game, ten straight points scored, momentum in their favor. I mean, it's a different game now. Again, do we trust that offense to score enough points in the long haul to win the game? I don't. I don't think so. Although momentum changes, you know, there's a chance they didn't have to score much more after that, with the way the defense played um, from really that point on. So. Man, it's a uh, it's frustrating one real quick. I'm seeing this in the comments um, from from Biggie Bronco uh, after last night's game. I don't say how any of you can all say or any of you all can say we can beat a bad team. Uh, this is I've seen this multiple times, which is why I just have to address it. That I don't understand that if people keep saying after last night, I don't think Teddy can beat the Lions after last night. How can they beat a bad team? They've beat all the bad teams they've played. Um except for the Browns, which was, you know, that was what it was. Um, they didn't have their linebackers. They got run all over. It was a whole thing. And and Teddy was hurt, blah, blah, blah. Not excuses, but um, they, they, they consistently beat bad teams this year. That's the one thing that they do really well. Um, Teddy Bridgewater has played, like, actually incredibly against the worst teams that they've played. You know, if you couple of the first three games of the season – Um, And then you add this Lions game on, you'll probably have Teddy Bridgewater with like MVP style numbers. Uh, And I'm guessing after that happens, So um, they beat bad bad teams and they beat them easily. Again, someone said, so not all of the bad teams. Uh, That Browns game was a total outlier in my opinion.
0: Uh, Yeah. I don't think the Browns are as bad of a team as the, the, you know, they're, they're not a good team by any means. But Ryan, when we talk about bad teams, Thanks to the last place schedule, the Broncos have had a lot of bad teams. The New York Giants, bad. The New York Jets, really bad. The Jacksonville Shut Jaguars, terrible. Blew and the Broncos have crushed these teams. And you know what? The Detroit Lions are worse than all of those teams. I think we're a little caught in the last 24 hours when we look at this, not just with the Broncos, but with the lions as well. Now I think the lions can have some fight in them and we're going to talk about the lions later this week, but yeah, I think it's, it's, I don't think it's crazy to be overlooking the 110-1 and one lines. And you know what, Ryan? If the Broncos overlook them and lose, okay, everyone's gone. It's fired. It's going to be a weight off everyone's shoulders. They're not going to have to worry yeah. about it. Yeah. So it's it, it, for some people, it's going to be a win-win next week, whether they win or lose.
2: Yeah, I mean, again, if the Broncos defense plays the way they did last night, they'll hold them to zero. They'll hold yeah. them to zero points, and then they'll only need to score three to win.
0: And the defense will probably get a pick six and win 6-0 if Brandon McManus somehow misses the extra point. I mean, that's what it's going to be. And, Ryan, I mean, it, speaking of the offense and, and Pat Shermer, it is crazy how bad the offense was. You know how many yards Broncos offense had in the first quarter? Oh, God, no. Two. One, two. You can count them on two fingers. That's all you need. Two yards. In the first quarter. You know how many yards of offense the Broncos had in the third quarter? And I'll give you a hint. It was significantly more than that.
2: Um, 80.
0: Close. 38. Uh, 38 yards. So in half the game, Ryan, the Broncos had 40 yards of offense. 40 yards of offense, and this was at a time when Vic Fangio said, you know what, I'm going to receive the ball to start the game because I have trust in my boys. I have trust in Pat Shermer. Went out, they don't even get a first down. And then the second half, Broncos 10-3. They just put together a 20-play drive, which didn't end in points, but still, they were showing a lot of progress at the end of the first half. Uh, The Broncos stopped the Chiefs to start the second half get the ball to tie the game up and boy just completely turn the momentum of this game in the Broncos favor they go out don't pick up a first down they get seven yards three and out punt next drive in the third quarter 31 yards they pick up one first down that's it half the game 40 yards are you freaking kidding me they put up one drive until garbage time that went over 50 yards one drive and of course it was that 20-play drive that ended in no points.
2: Yeah. Um, shocking. I mean, just <clears throat> just terrible. Just terrible from the offensive side. All right. Uh, we're going to keep going down the rankings here in a second. Uh, but first, I want to give a shout-out to our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, everyone could use a Breck brew after last night. And uh, you deserve it. So head down to your local liquor store, get you a six pack, 12 pack, 15 pack of Breck Brews. Maybe even get yourself one of those Christmas ale kegs uh, and have a drink. Um, I can tell people need a drink because they're afraid of the lions in the chat today. Um, So everyone just, you know, have a have a sipper. uh, Relax. It's going to be okay, Um, And uh, enjoy you the best damn beer in the land. It's Breckenridge Brewery. Um, and you can also head down to the farmhouse and get food down there. They have an awesome little area over there, uh, Santa Fe and Little. I think it's Littleton. Um, and really, really awesome place to go hang out, have some beers, hang out on the, the porch. Maybe today is the end of uh, patio weather. Uh, Zach, but I bet you were probably going to have like another 60, 70 degree day coming around. So get yourself Breck Brews. Go hang out at the farmhouse.
0: Absolutely. And Ryan, we got to get to our DraftKings pick of the week to try to get some people some money to make them feel good about themselves right now. And I wanted to do this today because I love something that DraftKings only is offering, and it is their Gary V. Diehard Dialogue special over at DraftKings Sportsbook for their Monday night football game. What they're doing, Ryan, is they are giving you a huge boost. If both teams score 20 points... They're boosting it to plus 225. Ryan, we're talking about two of the best offenses in the NFL. Since week four, the New England Patriots are averaging 33 points per game. You take out their huge win against the Jets when they put up 54 points. They're still averaging over 30 points per game. And all you need them is to score 20. And I know the Buffalo Bills are going to be able to score 20 at home. Give me that, Ryan. I would honestly put these odds at plus 100, and I'd be all over them. They're going at plus 225. I absolutely love this.
2: Wow, I know I saw something about how the uh, the total in this game has dipped dramatically. Yes. Um, and usually in those games, when there's a dramatic dip in the total, those games go under. Um, so mm. I'm a little worried about that. But man, I, I'm I'm with you. I I look keep looking at this game and seeing like a game that might even be settled with one team being in the 30s.
0: Yes. Yeah, I totally. The over-under, I didn't know it's dipped so much, but I I know it's 41. That blows my mind. I think I, I must be really off here. Now, I know there's going to be some wind, but I don't think that's going to impact these teams that much. It's still going to be clear. It's going to be mid-30s. Uh, no precipitation uh, during the game. So, I mean, I just think this is stealing from DraftKings Sportsbook, and I just love the plus 225.
2: There you go. All right.
0: What are your, uh, what's your DraftKings pick of the week?
2: Ooh, man. Let me, uh, open up the sports book here really quick. I'm I'm between a couple different options. So let me look here. Um, but I think I'm going to go with Mac Jones completions. Mm. Um, I just have to find the updated number here. So let me give it to you in just a second. Uh, Go into the quarterback props.
0: I love it. You're all over Mac now.
2: Yeah, there it is. That's what I thought. Mac Jones over under 19 and a half completions. Oh. They, I mean, are you sure this wind isn't like 90 miles per hour?
0: <laughs> <I'm a little laughs> no, that about. stat would make it seem like it.
2: Yeah. Um, and then at pass attempts, you've got him at 29 and a half. So they've got him going um, <clears throat> 19 of 29. Um, the way that the, the, now, obviously, the Patriots are liable to change their game plan any, any week. Um, That's kind of what Josh McDaniels is known for. But I think they're still going to, you know, a lot of times in big situations, they're going to spread him out and let Mac pick a matchup. That's what he does best. Um, It's probably his most impressive attribute as a rookie quarterback is the way he's able to diagnose the defense, diagnose his matchup and pick it apart. Um, I just think, you know, they're going to, they're going to toss the rock. And the thing is the bills never want to run the ball. Um, You've got, you know, you know, josh allen at 21 and a half so wow i'd probably take the over on both of those you might even be able to put that into a same game parlay uh and ride with that but um this any game i ever watch the bills play both teams end up passing the ball a bunch because it's just the way the flow of the game goes
0: Yeah, I mean, in the 12 games that Mac has played, he's been over uh, 19 and a half completions eight times. So certainly the odds are in your favor, man. I love that. And I also love everything that you can get over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Mine is exclusive to DraftKings Sportsbook, so make sure to download the app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up over at DraftKings Sportsbook. To get this can't-miss offer, guys, if you bet $1 on any game, in that team, or that in that game, there's points scored. You get $100 in free bets, so maybe you don't like my deal tonight where the where both teams score 20 points. What I think I can guarantee is that there will be a point scored in the game tonight. I don't care if there's 90-mile-per-hour wins. There will be a point scored in this game, and then you'll start your account off with $100 in free bets, which you can use on anything, and you can use instantly. So you can get in on Thursday Night Football. You can get in on the Broncos beating the doors off the Lions, although Broncos fans probably a little too scared to do that now but you can do anything you want with that 100 free dollars over at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older Colorado only new customers only restrictions apply see DraftKings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 and make sure to use that code DNVR over at DraftKings Sportsbook
2: all right there we go uh, I'm trying to trying to see just exactly how bad this weather is because now you've got me curious uh, let's see Weather. Think, yeah. All right. Winds look like they will be around 24 to 29 miles per hour with gusts up to 49. That's significant. Um, <laughs> gusts still up think to 49.
0: Both, That's significant. Yep.
2: I still think both, uh, both teams are going to, uh, are going to throw their ball. They're just going to have to.
0: I, I think so too. I think it's going to come down to that. I think both teams put up 20 points and, and Ryan, if the Broncos aren't able to put up 20 points for the foreseeable future, well, There's going to be a lot of people looking for jobs. And the good thing is our friends over at Ball are hiring, and they're offering an incredibly competitive pay, starting at $27.39 per hour, with potential increases every 6, 12, 18 months on the job. And it gets you exposure to a lot of other manufacturing opportunities in the plant, which then can lead you to other jobs within Ball. So not only is Ball a great place to start working, but you can truly build a career over at Ball, and they are a fantastic place to work. They not only have uh, an equality index, score of 100 which means it's a fantastic place to work but they have fantastic benefits you have 401k for retirement stock purchase ownership programs and even potential for an annual bonus and the benefits just keep going over at ball so if you want a job maybe you need a job or maybe you want to upgrade your job text golden to 77222 and you'll get linked to the open positions or you can go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for golden that's jobs.ball.com and search for golden or text golden. Into to seven, 77222 to be unstoppable at ball. All
2: right, um <clears throat> let's move on here Zach and keep going down the rankings. First one, first of all, I just want to bring up this comment uh, from Sacwar says, "Your flip-flopping expectations are the only one to blame, man. It's our fault the Broncos lost last night." So just... <laughs> oh wow.
0: We owe an apology. We'll be we'll be number 1s on the list. I don't even know why why we're to blame, but we'll be number 1. I
2: don't know. Um all right, let's keep going here. Who's number three on the list? We are in lockstep so far. Um, Teddy, number one. Pat, number two. For me, number three, I've got to look at the offensive line. Uh, and I know that's kind of unfair to lump them all together in the unit. Uh, but since we went early today, I haven't had a chance to rewatch the game. Um, and so um, it, 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 I saw letdowns from all over the line throughout the game. Uh, and it was especially in the passing game, which – is an ex- an excuse for Teddy you know obviously uh, passing requires three things to go right right you got to get the protection you got to get the throw you got to get the catch um, and the Broncos had a lot of them go wrong several times in the game um, and, and so it's not all on teddy in the end it looks like it's all on teddy when you see the stats and this that and the other thing but the run blocking offensive or the run blocking offensive line was solid. Uh, what we knew was going to be their strength with, with guy, you know, got rookie out uh, rookie out there and Quinn minors. Um, it's been their strength throughout the season. Um, but the, but the pass protection was really, really rough last night. And um, they, the worst part was their blitz pickups. Um, and maybe that was, you know, one of those little things that I said before the game, like don't overlook Melvin Gordon being out. Um, and again, I got to go look and see, was there missed pickups from uh, those running backs? But just all those little things added up and made it more difficult. The Chiefs clearly saw something on film where they just said, hey, you know, third and medium, third and long, just bring big-time pressure. They're not going to be able to pick it up, and and they won't be able to do much, and they were right.
0: Yeah, and Ryan, I actually had a toss-up between two, three, and four. And so I'll lean with you on this one. I'll go offensive line third as well, and then my other one four. Uh, But Teddy Bridgewater only sacked once. So you look at that and you say, Wow, really good game. Well, you know what? Patrick Mahomes has only sacked once as well, and that was a self-sack, so that doesn't really even tell the full story. So both quarterbacks sacked once. The Broncos had three quarterback hits on Patrick Mahomes. Teddy Bridgewater got hit eight Times and that just shows you how much pressure he was under throughout the entire game uh, and it was coming from everywhere. It was coming from linebackers it was coming from the outside rush, it was coming from the inside rush. Teddy was not comfortable and you could tell and he played like he was very not comfortable at all I mean last week the Broncos did such a good job of making Justin Herbert just so uncomfortable in the pocket. Even when pressure wasn't there, he was still throwing off his back foot. He was seeing ghosts Patrick Mahomes was a little bit like that too and then Teddy Bridgewater because pressure was there was certainly like that as well. So this offensive line uh, just not good enough. And then in the run game, they were really good. But man, that block that Quinn Minards missed on fourth and two that changed the entire game. Now was it a perfect call? Absolutely not. Was it perfect execution? Far from it. And that had something to do with it.
2: And, and Javante said after the game that he thought the play was being called out a shotgun.
0: That's another thing on... on Pat Shermer, Ryan, is is Vic was asked about that, and he said, yes, there was some confusion, but it was too late to call a timeout. I don't really know how it can be too late to it call a timeout. Too late to as call. As if, it's, long if you as can there's... snap
2: the ball, you can call a timeout.
0: I, I, exactly. And that, a fourth and two, if you're going to call a timeout, in the specifically in the first half on a fourth down, no one's going to blame you. That's a good oh. use of a timeout. And then, yeah, Javante said he thought it was shotgun, but it was under center. I I don't know how there's that much confusion and you don't call a timeout. So then again, that's on Pat Shermer because he should, Vic may not know exactly if there's confusion on a play. Pat Shermer has to know and has to relay that down to Vic and say, we got to call a timeout or that goes. So that goes to our number two guy, Pat Shermer, or it goes to the number one guy, Teddy Bridgewater, who can easily turn around, call timeout. If the head coach knows that there's something going on with miscommunication, the quarterback has to know.
2: Right. Yeah. Man, that's it's just really surprising to me that that happened. But again, two rookies on the play um, where you have, you know, uh, one rookie thinking it's the plays out of shotgun and it's under center. Another rookie misses his assignment. I mean, it's unfortunate when you uh, because we love these guys, you know, these rookies have been so impressive. But these are the things that happen when you have to play a lot of rookies. You just have miscommunications. You have things that go wrong uh and uh and it's frustrating it's frustrating for sure but I agree with you it would have been a perfect time to call a timeout
0: yeah it really would have now Ryan my next one on the list the fourth to blame and like I said could have maybe even put it second but Pat definitely deserves to be there uh is the receivers and every single one of them outside of Javante Williams but the this the receiver group and I'm including tight ends in here and it's not just for last night it's Where the heck have you gone? I mean, the Broncos are getting excellent value on Javante Williams. a second-round pick playing out of his mind like one of the best backs in the league. The Broncos, people don't want to hear it today, are getting excellent value out of Teddy Bridgewater. They're paying him, what, $4 million, and they trade a sixth-round pick for him. Now, value, you can't go value to quarterback position. That's a different discussion. The Broncos are getting terrible value from their receiving core right now. Uh, Jerry Judy... Had I believe one catch before garbage time last night. You had Noah Fant, who has been a disappointment as a first round pick. I mean, Ryan, we got to talk about that that uh, two point conversion. That was the maybe the worst call of the night. I mean, you throw it short of the short of the end zone, and then you throw it to a guy that can't get yards after contact. Everything about that play was so bad. Now it doesn't really matter because it, it didn't have any consequence on the game.
2: Yeah, I got to step in here, though. Uh, I, I, I don't think that these guys deserve that much blame. Um, it, it looks bad when you look at the stat sheet, and then you compare that alongside uh, You know what they're being paid. But I, I don't think that's on them. I think that's on the play calling. I think that's on the offensive line. I think that's on Teddy Bridgewater. I think the. The reason. one of the reasons why those three units or people slash groups are the top three is because they're not able to get the ball out um, and they're not able to work those guys open. And again, you know, someone in the comments, I think it was a uh, stadium food girl said, don't rewatch the game. I'll probably end up rewatching the game twice. Um, once at some point today, before the all 22 comes out, just watch the TV copy. And then once when the all 22 comes out, and i would be willing to bet when that all 22 comes out, you'll see there's, there's receivers open. They're just not able to get the ball to him.
0: from what we were able to see on the game last night, though, Ryan, these guys weren't open. Tim Patrick wasn't open. Cortland Sutton wasn't open. Jerry, now I'm, I'm sure Teddy Bridgewater missed a couple of open guys, but I mean, when, when Teddy Bridgewater threw it up to those guys, they just they, they weren't open. Cortland Sutton had zero separation on a couple of those deep balls, uh, and he wasn't able to draw the pass interference like he was the week before, which helps the Broncos a ton. And that's something that the Kansas City Chiefs said, we're going to just man-on-man man you, and you're going to have to beat us. And Teddy Bridgewater was not able to beat them. Pat Shermer was not able to beat them with any creative creative play calling. And their $15 million receiver, their $10 million receivers, weren't able to get enough separation. Ryan, we know that if this passing game is going to to work. It's not because Teddy Bridgewater's out here balling out. It's because Teddy Bridgewater is able to find guys who are making plays to get open. And this the, this receiving core and it goes beyond just this game, but specifically it was highlighted this game was nothing close to special. And this this group, a second round pick, a first round pick, a first round tight end, they need to be special and and they just they they weren't. Now, that's why I'm putting them fourth on this list is because they are dependent but still not special at all.
2: Yeah, and people are losing their minds in the comments right now. So <laughs> I just want to point out, we're going through the ranking of the blame. If you're just tuning in, we're going through the ranking of who's to blame in this game. We've already gone through one through three. Number one was Teddy. We we hammered Teddy early, if you want to go back and listen to that. Number two was Pat Shermer. Play calling was terrible. Number three was the offensive line. Uh, and, and now we're at number four. And while I... I just don't, I, I don't really have a lot of blame left to give. Um, and I guess you can point to these guys. I'm trying to think of other places where you can point because I, I don't really think there are much. You're definitely not pointing. Oh, I got one. There we go. I got one. Um, good point from Ian in the comments. Number one to blame DNBR. <laughs> it's a br- brutal, brutal uh, game from us. Um, I got one. It's, it's special teams. It's Tom McMahon. Um, Just too many times, you know, again, if this was a one-off thing and the Broncos had a good special teams unit throughout the year and you have that one play where you muff the punt or whatever, um, then I would say uh, those things just happen. But the consistent, below-average, poor special teams play from the Broncos came back to bite them once again, and it's just infuriating to watch and I I think that I I think that there was a strategy in this game of hey look you know we're not getting anything on offense so let's try to create something out of a return um and that's the type of desperation that loses you games on special teams because there's no reason that Deontay Spencer shouldn't have fair caught that ball um and I think he's just trying to do too much back there I don't know if that's on him but I just based on the way the rest of the game went, they were returning as much as they could. They got nothing out of the return game, by the way, while trying that. Um, so I think that was a, a, um, a, you know, that came from the top of, hey, let's try to create something in the return game in this game against one of the best special teams teams in the NFL. Just a terrible idea. And um, that costs you three, thankfully, because the defense was so awesome in that game. But I believe that was... When you were down thirteen to three, am I correct on that? Yeah, and then that made it sixteen to three. Yep. Um. So again, just uh, simply not good enough from special teams, and I'm I've got more frustration with them than I do the the receiving unit.
0: And that's fine, and absolutely special teams has to be in there. They can be four receivers, five for me. The special teams was abysmal again, and Ryan, it's just like clockwork. You just wait at some point, whether it's the first quarter, whether it's the fourth quarter, you know a special teams play is going to happen that kills the Broncos. And obviously the big one was the fumble, but the other one, just terrible decision on Deontay Spencer or Tom McMahon, wherever that's coming from, absolutely brutal. Uh, We're talking about... That took away the Broncos' opportunity to get oh, in field right. goal range uh, right, right before the half. That takes three points off the board. Potentially, I don't want to put that all on special teams, but they took away the opportunity to even give their offense a chance there or throw up a hell Mary. Who knows what happens? But three more points going into halftime, then you're at 10-6. Then you wipe out that 20-play drive that ended with no points because you essentially got a field goal on that one. Then you're feeling good. Then Vic says, "Okay, we can kick field goals. We don't have to force things." And then, I mean, the special teams that that decision or the Deontay Spencer getting run into—you ca- you can't put Caden Stearns in a position to be there. Now maybe that's on Caden Stearns for being a little too close to it, uh, or again just a bad special teams call. I also dreadful.
2: thought they got a little bit jobbed there, um, by the referees. The referee said said that. Um, the Chiefs player was blocked into uh, Deontay Spencer, but that's just not what happened. Um, it, the the Chiefs player, along with Caden Stearns, carried Caden Stearns into uh, Spencer, but he also contacted Spencer. And it, and again, it wasn't because he was shoved. It's because he made that. But again, can't happen. Um, can't have your, your blockers getting so close to your returner. I just don't know what's going on there. Um, and then the one you mentioned at the end of the half, that's like, of all the things that, that, you know, when you're on national television, everyone's always worried about getting embarrassed. That was like the most embarrassing play of the game for me. It was just like, wow, that looks like such a poorly coached football team out there taking nine additional or nine or 11 additional seconds off the clock, running around, gaining no yards when you could have just fair caught the ball and had a chance to make a play on offense. But again, I think they, they trust their offense so little to create anything. They thought, man, let's hope that Deontay breaks one um and gets us into field goal position on the return just didn't happen it was terrible um and again you know that's just it's just unacceptable stuff uh in, in such a big game and that one was was truly a, a bad look uh, it, it really reminded me of Isaiah McKenzie
0: yeah, and Ryan Adam is coming here in the comment section saying, "Why is it Vic getting blamed? Why isn't Vic getting blamed?" Well, here's the reason why. And well, after the game, Ryan, uh, what what were you gonna say?
2: Well, I mean, uh, he's my number five. Okay. Um, so, and, and again, this is a stretch. I really think those those top three are are plenty enough to say that that's why they lost the game. I think special teams, Tom McMahon, definitely deserves a little bit of blame too. I blame Vic just because these are his guys. Uh, Pat Schirmer, he hired him. Atomic man, he made the decision to to retain him from the last half, and then keep him, and then keep him, and then keep him again. Um, and so that that to me is why why Vic has to be on this list. But I will say, in terms of his in a a vacuum responsibilities last night, I don't have uh, really much bad things to say about him, other than the fact that he just employs guys who can't get the job done.
0: Yeah, and I'm just looking at this game as last night. That's what, or just this game last night, and that's why he's not on my list. And after the game, Ryan, every player and coach outside of one did a great job not throwing anyone under the bus uh, and uh, saying, you know, it's a team win. The defense needs to do more. Uh, sure, the offense needs to do more as well, except for a rookie, and I loved the honesty that we heard from Pat Sertan after the game. And I don't, it wasn't taken to me as a throwing someone under the bus, but he was asked what the Broncos defense needs to do to ultimately beat the chiefs. And he said, we left it all on the line. There's not much that we could do He's right. I mean, he's simply right. The defense played fantastic. And you know what? Vic Fangio was brought here to keep this defense elite and to get them elite. And you know what? Last night they were elite. They did their job, Brian. We know that Vic Fangio isn't here to do anything with the offense. That's why they fired Rich Gangarello, a young guy who Vic thought maybe he needed to do a little bit more with on offense. He didn't want anything to do with him. It was all on Pat Shermer, and Pat Shermer could run that offense. Vic could be hands-off, and you know what? That is why Pat Shermer was number two on the list is because Pat Shermer failed them last night. So, sure, when you take a step back, Vic is responsible for all of this, and he'll be way higher on this list when we, when we take a step back, but last night his defense did the job and the offense completely failed them. Exactly. And that's why to me, Ryan, uh, I focused on everything with the passing game, except out outside of special teams. This was on the passing game entirely.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's true. Um, they did, they got nothing from the passing game when they, when they really needed it. Um, you know, and, 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 in the end, um, you know, four of 14 on third down is just never going to get it done. That is usually a passing down and the passing team wasn't there for them last night. And and honestly, great teams can run the ball into the end zone. Um, The Broncos aren't good enough to run the ball into the end zone right now as evidenced by last night. Um, So they need, you need the passing game in the red zone. Uh, You know, that's where you can create touchdowns and, and, You know, people always talk about, oh, the Broncos are always good between the 20s and they can't get it done in the red zone. Well, that's a quarterback stat. Um, Good quarterbacks throw touchdowns in the red zone. Bad quarterbacks don't. I mean,
0: they held the Chiefs to 267 yards of total offense. They held Patrick Mahomes to his worst regular season passer rating of 57.3. They held the Chiefs to under 100 rushing yards at 3.7 yards per carry, and it wasn't even a close game.
2: Yeah brutal absolutely brutal we even got a chiefs fan here in the comments saying as a chiefs fan the broncos are seriously a qb away from being a top team in the nfl i couldn't agree more wow
0: wow love you chiming in with us dylan
2: (laughs) yeah there you go thanks for, for thanks for tuning in dylan uh all right we've got the beer covered everyone could use a beer everyone could also probably use some pizza. Beer and pizza tonight. Does that sound like a good Monday night to you, Zach? Oh,
0: that sounds fantastic.
2: Hit up our friends over at Sexy Pizza, a true Denver institute institution. They've been around for quite some time making Colorado pizza. And they have Philanthropies, which are one of my favorite parts about Sexy Pizza, uh, meaning a portion of each sale goes from their five specialty pies goes to Colorado nonprofits that have applied through their system. You can actually uh, apply to be part of the philanthropy system uh, by going to www.sexy.pizza to learn about how their donations work. But go down there, get a pizza tonight. They've got 12, 16, 18-inch. They've got four locations, Cap Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, and Park Hill, and a new location coming in Trinidad. Uh, These pizzas are delicious. Uh, I can't state that enough. And, of course, if you're coming to the Lions game this weekend, which should be fun, we'll have Sexy Pizza at the tailgate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of the tailgate, we may have our friends from Green Mountain Dental over there because they're part of our family, and you should make them part of your family as well. Not only are they the best damn family-owned dentistry in the Denver metro area, but... They're going to hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. They're only a 15-minute drive from downtown Denver. So maybe you're traveling in for the game and you want to get your teeth checked out. Well, check out our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. And of course, if you live in this area, you should make Green Mountain Dental your new dentist because they're part of our DNBR family and they're also huge Colorado sports fans. So you could talk about you know, how wrong I am to put those receivers in the group. You could talk about that over with them with them at Green Mountain Dental. And of course, schedule your cleaning x-ray x-ray and exam and get yourself a free sonicare toothbrush
2: love it and finally uh if you're not going with pizza tonight maybe some hassle cattle company wagyu beef uh if you don't want to make it you can of course go down to the dnvr bar and get any of our burgers which are made with hassle cattle wagyu beef and let me tell you the flavor is out of this world Um, but this is affordable wagyu beef that's why they call it the blue collar wagyu uh out texas and they will send it straight to your door for 10% off when you use the – oh, look at that. We're, got, we're saying 15 now. 15% hey. off when you use the code DNVR15 at Hassle Cattle Company. It's really, really great stuff. I can't recommend it enough. It's not just the ground beef. It's their steaks. Uh, one of their steaks resulted in the best steak I've ever had in my life. Uh, they've got jerky. They've got these delicious uh, beef sausages, beef bacon. So check out our friends over at Hassle Cattle. Use that code DNVR15 for 15% off and get free sh- or yeah, get free shipping on any order over $200. You're going to want that much of that. And $200 will get you a lot.
0: Yes, it certainly will. And I just got to say, shout out to this comment section. For the most part, you can come after me, sure. But also, for the most part, it's been very friendly. A lot of back and forth banter with each other. I love it. And speaking of, if you're tuning in with us live, hit us with a thumbs up on YouTube. If you're not watching on YouTube, flip over to YouTube. That's where you can comment the easiest, have the conversations with people. uh, And also, it's the best quality. So hit us with a thumbs up. And speaking of people that have commented, we've had a few super chats. So let's get to those right now, Ryan. And the first super chat here, getting our super producer, Kale, to pull it up, uh, comes from... <laughs> I it'll, come,
2: it'll come eventually.
0: I tried, Ryan. Uh, Seth, he says, I watched Teddy's demeanor on the sideline, and it's the same as when he's on the field. Detached, uninspired, no emotion. Is this the cancer?
2: That last part, you lose me a little bit. I think that's, I don't think there is a cancer. Uh, I think this is actually a pretty darn good locker room. Um, I don't, I'm not seeing, you know, those signs that you see from when a locker room is torn apart. Last night's a perfect example. No one throwing each other under the bus. Uh, You know, the defense coming in after that game and saying the defense needed to do more tells me that this team has each other's back. Um, And that's great. So there is no cancer. Um, I will say, Zach, I'm not seeing the same leadership I saw from Teddy Bridgewater in the the beginning of the season. Um, It feels like uh, he's, I don't know, a little demoralized is maybe the word. And maybe it was just last night. Um, I was at the last home game, so I didn't get as much of, you know, the view of of Teddy on the sideline, that sort of thing. But he looked really demoralized last night. Um, From the first series of the game, it just didn't look like he had the juice. Um, which is disappointing to say the least. So, you know, we, we gave him a lot of credit for his leadership early in the season. And I just haven't seen that type of spark, that type of fire from him uh, recently.
0: Yeah, and Teddy Bridgewater's never been a guy that really brings that much fire and is kind going a to get... rah-rah, for sure. Exactly. I mean, here's the perfect way to put it. Ryan, the way he was getting guys uh, ready in training camp and in the preseason and what guys were talking about his leadership was he bounces in the huddle. He gets the the huddle to literally bounce, jump up and down. And Garrett Bowles was all about it. He was like, Yeah, it's great. It just brings a little energy to us. But that's very different. You're not bouncing when you're only scored, you know, three points in the game in the fourth quarter. That That's not it. He's not going to be Peyton Manning and getting on guys. So, uh, unfortunately, if this team does need someone that's fiery, that's not Teddy Bridgewater. It never has been and it's never going to be. And, and Seth comes in just to kind of add a little more context to, th- to this. And he says, With such a young offense, Teddy is setting a bad example on how to compete. I feel the rest of the offense wants to ball out while Teddy wants a nap. And here's the thing, Seth, is uh, Teddy's just a different leader. And uh, Justin Herbert also isn't a a rah-rah, going to scream at you, fire you up guy. But, Ryan, what it comes down to is when you play rough and your team's winning, that whatever type of leadership you have is good. If the Chargers continue to lose, I guess they won yesterday, but if they continue to lose, people are going to get on Justin Herbert for not having that fire and emotion that Peyton and Tom have and and some of these great quarterbacks have. And we weren't talking about Teddy's lack of leadership earlier this year and his lack of fire because they were winning. That's really what it boils down to. However, I don't think Teddy's setting a bad example. He's just setting an example for maybe a more quiet guy. Okay, this is how you be a leader, but he's certainly not going to fire up the rest of the team. And sometimes you do need that, and Teddy just doesn't have that.
2: Yeah, again, the commenter just lost me a little bit by going over the top at the end, saying he wants to, like, looking like he wants to take a nap. Also, um, you know, he did, he did um, make the effort uh, on the pick six. It was not exactly great tackling form by any stretch of the mind, but I can't say you should expect that from a quarterback. Um, he threw his body in there. He didn't make the play, but, you know, it's a step in the right direction. I will say. That, to me, feels like it was the turning point in his demeanor. Um, I don't know if he just got so just eviscerated by that play. And, you know, um, that was he lost a lot of Broncos fans, I think permanently um, on that play where he just let Darius Slade run right by him. And he hasn't seemed the same to me since then. He seems a little more guarded, a little more nervous, maybe even. Um, when he's out there and, and that's a, that's unfortunate to see. Um, but I, I don't, I think we're taking it a little too far. I don't, I don't think it's, you know, one of the bigger problems, uh, it'd just be nice to, uh, Nice to see him get that fire back that he had earlier in the season.
0: And Ryan Hayden comes in and says, the one play that killed me last night was when Teddy hit the check down on the free play after the chiefs jumped offsides. Brutal killing me smalls and Hayden, I'm right there with you. What a lack of situational awareness. Uh, I mean, it, he knew it, he, he, yeah. And he was scrambling. Like he was going to try to just throw the ball up and then he throws it Three yards past the line of scrimmage and it was dropped. any I mean that—that's worst case scenario. Teddy, throw your pick six. Then it's coming back.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I'd love to talk to quarterbacks about this um, and just hear their thoughts on it. I wonder if there's like five percent of you that's just worried. Like, what if that was a legal shift or something like that? You know, like you're like. You snap the ball and you're like, oh, we got the free play. And then you see everyone's covered and you're like, wait, what if it actually isn't a free play? And then you check, you know what I mean? Um, I would have would have loved to see him throw it off his back foot, huck it up wherever the hell Cortland Sutton was. But I, I just, that was my one thought is maybe quarterbacks get back there and they're like, oh, God, what if it wasn't actually the the offsides that they threw the flag for?
0: And then he throws a 500 ball and it's actually just an easy pick.
2: Right, exactly. And then they're like, <laughs> oh, legal shift. Penalties declined. You know, and you're <laughs> right. like, oh my god, I thought it was free, right? Um, and... <laughs> so that that's that's my one defense. I, it's not really much of a defense, but it is like. I can imagine that feeling as a quarterback where you're like, "Uh, was it actually a free play? Like the further (laughs) you get away from the snap, the more you worry about it.
0: It just seems like every other quarterback knows when it is though. I feel like I haven't seen, I can't remember any of them where it's like what you described, but I totally know what you're saying. And and Alec comes in and says, uh, Sutton and Patrick are effectively undersized linemen. Just throw them catchable balls. They'll likely make a play. Stop checking it down.
2: They tried a couple times last night. They had one out there for Tim Patrick. Didn't hit it Uh, one for Cortland that they didn't hit, but yeah, I'm with you. I'd like to see way, way, way more shots because again, this team isn't good enough to methodically drive the ball into the end zone. Once you get into the scoring zone, give them a chance, give them a shot, throw it up there. You know, you see a lot of times if they don't catch it, they draw a penalty.
0: Yep. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right. All right, Ryan. I think we hit all the super chats. Should we jump into the comments that people have left on the website?
2: absolutely let's do it
0: first one coming in from telelax says i noticed for the first time that reisner is calling back protections and info to teddy and he smacks cushionberry when it's time to hike the ball weird to me but if cush ain't it let's look for someone who can help establish protections so that even the check down guys like teddy can stay upright to throw it at the ground
2: yeah um and we talked about this a little bit on the show last night, the Broncos really don't ask a lot from the center position. I assume that's out of necessity because they don't quite trust Lloyd in that position to make those calls yet. I would just hope that they believe he has the potential to become that because you really do need that out of your center. Um, Good teams get that out of their center. Um, And especially when you don't have a quarterback who's super talented at the line, seeing what they're looking at and, and checking plays. Yeah, and
0: and, and Ryan, it looks like Quinn Miner certainly is going to be a staple on this offensive line for a while. But questions at center, questions at right guard uh, are still going to be out there this offseason.
2: All right, next one's from Chico Bean. Uh, Can't believe the Broncos' defense completely shut down Mahomes. Under 200 yards and uh, his two little targets to under 30 yards of receiving yards. No TDs as well. If we had Watson, Rogers, or Wilson, we would have killed the Chiefs. I woke up feeling good about this game. And the offense disappointed, and Miss Quill follows it up and says, well, "Have we run anything resembling a tick trick play or a fake punt all year?
0: No, nothing." and maybe the fake punt keeping that on the sidelines a good thing but in terms of trick plays on the offense absolutely miss quill i'm i'm right there with you uh and uh, to your point chico bean well first off i love that you called uh tyree kill and travis kelsey mahomes as little targets but also i mean speaking of the defense doing their job they were under travis kelsey's skin within like three plays that was awesome to see travis kelsey uh just upset he was clearly in his own mind i believe he had a drop ball after that and the broncos were under his skin they were doing everything they needed to against Tyreek. You now, in the first couple possessions, maybe it was just the first possession, Tyreek Hill was open twice underneath, just way too much. Kenny Young's on him, like terrible idea. But what happened? The Broncos completely made some great defensive changes to make sure that didn't happen the rest of the game.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I just can't say enough about the defense. It's just so sad that they're, you know, if the Broncos win that game, it, you, you're people are going to say I'm crazy. They are talking on national shows today about how no one wants to see the Broncos. Uh, you know, this is a team that defense is so good. And, and again, this we're living in a world where maybe they scored 24 points on offense. And, you know, that offense, you know, they can, you know, make a couple big plays when they need to, but you know, no one wants to see this defense because they lost and, and they lost big, you know, they, they lose 22 to nine. It looks like a blowout on the score sheet. Um, no one's, no one's even mentioning how good the Broncos' defense looked right now. They're just talking about, oh, the Chiefs. Have the Chiefs got it back rolling, blah, blah, blah. Um, we would have been talking about that as like a historic defensive performance if the, if the offense just does anything to win that game. So disappointing.
0: Yep, yep. without a doubt. And really quick, a uh, super chat coming in from Luis. Just a super chat. We really appreciate that. Luis, thank you so much.
2: Yeah, and if you have a comment, just drop it in there If you, if you accidentally sent the super chat without your comment. If not, we appreciate just the clean super chat.
0: And next one coming in from Ozzie. I may shock you, but I don't want Aaron Rodgers. You stuff up the future when you go for short-term. A drafted quarterback is potentially 15 to 20 years. I've hated this past six years of being crap. Get us a long-term solution, not a short-term one. And I totally see where you're coming from, Ozzie. But here's the flip side. Drafting a quarterback is no guarantee. Broncos have done it uh, many times. Brock Osweiler, uh, they did it with. They did it with... Uh, uh, Drew Locke, they did it with Paxton Lynch. They've tried going the quarterback route these past six, past six years, and it hasn't worked out at all. What you know with Aaron Rodgers is when he's still able to play, he's going to be really, really good.
2: Tell, uh, yeah, give me the short-term satisfaction. The Broncos would have won that game 30-10 to 10 last night if they had Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I, I'll take that all day, every day, rather than rolling the dice on you know the Desmond Ritter or something.
0: Man, unfortunately, I just it, I get really bad vibes. If Aaron Rodgers does leave the Packers, that he's just on a straight jet to Pittsburgh.
2: Huh? Interesting. Wow, that would be uh, that would be interesting. I mean, it's definitely possible. I, you know, the he, they, him and Tomlin had that little moment <laughs> earlier yeah. this year. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> that's a bummer. That that would be in the AFC.
0: really quick did you see ben roethlisberger's uh comments after the game because yesterday before the game a report came out that said that he's telling friends or teammates that this is his last year uh with the steelers and he was that he's told everyone did you see his comment after the game what did he say he said i i wouldn't say i've told everyone
2: (laughs) oh my god that's hilarious i thought he should have said like reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated or reports (laughs) of my demise have been greatly exaggerated right um I, uh, I called that one, by the way. I had that one uh, in, over at DraftKings.
0: Oh, the underdog, huh?
2: Yep, yep. Oh, I love it. Once
0: Great call. again,
2: this is every single week I give out my all-dogs-go-to-heaven parlay. Yep. Three dogs, straight-up, money-line picks, and um, the first two weeks of the season it hit. And I swear, almost every single week since then it's gone 2-1. and one. Uh, Yesterday, Steelers, check. Seahawks, check. Broncos oh Uh,
0: no that was the game that ruined it that's
2: even worse no (laughs) yeah first time I ever put the Broncos in there and Probably the uh, last
0: time. Yeah, maybe the last time. Dylan Smith says, uh, I don't blame the wide receivers. Teddy missed a few open wide receivers. Yeah, I mean Teddy certainly and that that's why he's number one for me. Uh he did miss he did miss open guys. I just think that you're relying on the receivers to be special and they they weren't special last night. Uh and then Jelly comes in and says, Is Vic's job still safe? Hashtag DNVR. We want change.
2: I yeah. At this point, it is in my opinion, but that's just my opinion.
0: Yeah, it's safe. It's absolutely safe right now. I mean, there's a reason we're only talking about Pat Shermer today.
2: They've got five games left, right? Yep. They already have more wins than they had last year. Um, So, you know, again, if they lose to the Lions this week, then everything changes. They beat the Lions, then he's a little bit more safe. And then they have four games after that to where, yeah, you know, they go 0-4. That could quickly be reversed. Right. Um, Right. But I just think they're going to keep doing this thing where every, they give everyone hope and then they let us down. And then they give everyone hope and then they let us down. It's just it's just the way this team is. They're, they're good enough to beat teams they should beat and once in a while maybe a team that they shouldn't. And they're just bad enough to not be able to compete with the, the better teams in the AFC
0: exactly next one from Dan Burke says hey guys so we're all assuming the priority for the Broncos is to obtain a veteran quarterback this offseason that being said Rodgers and the Steelers have been making googly eyes at each other for a while now and in light of the Big Ben news that seems like a potential pairing there's no guarantee that the Seahawks move on from Russ over Carroll and there's no guarantee that the Broncos can acquire his services with all of that in mind what do y'all think about the Broncos using the 2022 draft as a means to gain draft capital for the 2023 draft in this scenario they trade down as much as possible and fortify the rest of the roster with whatever picks they have offensive line edge rusher defensive line etc and then trade up in the 2023 class in this scenario i guess they re-sign teddy and bring in someone else to compete with him in training camp say mitchell trubisky or someone huh. like that maybe a Mario. Minshew,
2: Minshew, oh, yes it, me gardner.
0: If i'm the eagles i'm not letting Minshew go baby <laughs> uh,
2: i i wouldn't either um i wanted gardner over teddy Yep. Uh, this offseason, and and he looked great yesterday. Now, again, he's not the, probably the long-term answer, but I tell you what, even if he had worse stats than Teddy, people would have liked him more just because he's Gardner.
0: Oh, a- absolutely. He, he'll Good fill quotes, seats a little better.
2: Great touchdown celebrations, like all that stuff, you know, that gets people going.
0: Yeah, the Broncos will make, you know, orange and blue little mullets. I had one of those and uh, as wigs, and people will be all over it. Uh, in terms um, of that plan, Dan... At least it would be a plan. and that that would be a legitimate plan. I hate putting this off a year. But you know what? When you look at the 2023 draft, if you're not able to get a veteran quarterback, I don't want to spend $100 million for three years all guaranteed on Kirk Cousins. I don't want to do that. I would rather go with Teddy Bridgewater for one more year. And if you're clearly building up draft capital for 2023, that would be so clear that they're they're in the Bryce Young conversation, that they're in that good quarterback conversation for 2023. So you know what? One more year of this. I could do if it meant that they were getting a legit quarterback in 2023.
2: Yeah. And of course there's no guarantees of that. Um, yeah. but I, I can't believe I'm saying this, like, that's what I want. That's to me the best plan. Uh, and it's just fun. It, I feel like I've like gained patience in my, with my uh, wisdom as I'm <laughs> nearing 30 years old here. Um, I, I feel like I'm just like, yeah, stop stopped going for the instant fix when it's not there. Um, create a plan. And go get, you know, your Bryce Young, who, by the way, wow, he looked awesome this weekend. Uh, Probably going to win the Heisman now.
0: Yeah, what a game.
2: There was no, I mean, no one wanted the Heisman all year long. No one, you know, grabbed it by the horns and took it. And so it just came, I feel like the whole award came down to this weekend. Whoever was going to play the best was going to get it. And it was definitely Bryce Young against the best defense in uh, in the country.
0: Yep, absolutely, man. I cannot wait for this college football playoff.
2: Real quick, I just have to get this in because you know um, uh, these are very rare opportunities where I give credit to CSU. Um, I think they nailed the hire. Uh, really? I, I, yep. I, everyone knows I love the air raid, and I can't even fake it. Like, how how could I hate on that? They hired an air raid guy. I, I, think, <laughs> yep. I think it's all. I also think it, 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 it's awesome that um, Jane Nor- Norvell goes in there. Beats the beats Steve Adazio fifty-two to ten, and then takes his job. <laughs> yeah, just the incredible. Savage, right?
0: And I got to tell you, every CSU fan is thrilled about that as yeah. well. And, boy, CSU made quick, quick work of that hiring process. That was clear that he was yeah. the guy.
2: It makes you wonder if maybe there was conversations before, which was fine. You know, that's yeah, that's the kind of stuff that happens.
0: You'd, you'd certainly think so. And uh, just like there are with uh, the University of Miami right now, I wonder who they're going to hire after yeah. firing their coach.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, next one here is from LDJ. I'll try to be as concise as possible, but bear with me. During the bye week, NFL showed – uh, Social showed all of the Broncos TDs up to the point and it blew my mind that almost every last one of Teddy's TDs are short of the sticks. It's not a bomb, which are super rare. He gets the ball to the red zone. He gets gets the ball out and expects wide receivers or running backs to make a play. By the way, last night, one touchdown, it's Javante Williams, you know, uh, scampering up the sideline. Yeah. Um he goes on, if that's what Vic and Shermer were going to settle for in a division that has the Chiefs and the Chargers, they had to know you needed to scheme up things to convert third downs and score in the red zone. Um, but because he's incapable of throwing past the sticks, he's like Derek Zoolander who can't turn left. Vic blew it. He's by far a top two defensive mind, and we want that mind for his defense for a long time. But he's going to fall on his sword behind his coaching staff and QB decision. Uh, S- SMH, it's a shame. Andre Johnson is a first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion, but he didn't score TDs in the red zone because Coobes had stuff drawn up to run it in. SMH, Shermer is incompetent, and Vic has blown it, in my opinion, uh, behind this coaching staff.
0: Yeah, I mean, what is, what's crazy is I don't, Vic didn't have to say this last week, but Vic's saying if we were to redo the draft again, we'd do the exact same thing and pick Pat Sertan. Buddy, no, with what Mac Jones is doing. And I, I don't think that Vic is having this much say in the quarterback conversation. Uh, I, I hope not, because that's what George Payton's here for. Uh, that's what John Elway's here for. They are the personnel guys. Now, I think George may say, okay, well, we weren't able to get Matthew Stafford. We're not able to get Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Vic, you okay with Teddy? And sure, Vic signs off on it, but I, I don't think we should be putting uh, these these quarterback hits and misses i guess just all misses on vic necessarily but he is certainly sticking with pat Shermer, and and that could absolutely be his downfall uh ryan the the tennessee titans had a winning record and then fired mike munchak because he wasn't willing to move on from his coaches very much like the gary kubiak and some guys are like that and that that is the the downfall of some guys and obviously this wouldn't be the downfall of vic this would just be you know one final piece to that
2: yeah. And, in the commenter echoes my thoughts here saying Mac is doing that in the most efficient offensive sh- machine known to football, not in Pat Shermer's system. Um, I hope that's Vic's reasoning for why they, they would do the same thing over again is that he deep down, he doesn't trust Pat Shermer to actually get the most out of his quarterback.
0: Then if that's the case, Vic yes. needs to oh, fire Pat Shermer know. right he when does. that thought crossed his mind.
2: He does. He did. And he <laughs> does. Um, from Pig Tosser 66, so, so much I want to say, but I know you guys are pressed for time and season, so I'll try to keep it short. Spoiler alert, he didn't keep it short. <laughs> um, I do question Shermer on a lot of things, but I, do, uh, but I do think he was the least of the problems last night. The game flow is decent. A few questionable calls, but most OCs will have those. I think this is pretty much equally on Teddy in the offensive line. Teddy just doesn't cut the ball loose down the field unless he knows a guy will be wide open. He doesn't have the arm or trust the arm to make the throws you need on third down and in the red zone. Sure, there are games where everything is clicking and we look competent on offense, but he needs everything perfect uh, to do well. In the O-line's pass blocking was garbage and has been for much of the season. Teddy got hurried or flushed on several cu- crucial plays where we had some looks and some wide-open guys, and no way in hell if I'm sure what I call any type of double move or long-developing play with that pass blocking O-line. No damn way. It's crystal clear that the two biggest needs on this team are QB and to bolster the offensive line, especially the interior.
0: Boom. I mean, I, I think you brought up a lot of great points there, Pick Tosser 66, and kind of like we talked about earlier, Broncos seem to be good with Quinn Miners moving forward, although his strength is certainly in the run, but I believe he'll be able to develop in the past, but then you're going to be looking at center, potentially right guard, right tackle, Boy, I mean, that is just – that that's a lot to work on. On top of a quarterback as well, you bring up some great points there. Pig Toster 66. And uh, just uh, another great point is that you got to call plays that help your offensive line, not ones that hurt it like they did last night.
2: Kendall Hinton Hall of Famer says, You guys said everyone on offense was disappointing um, besides Javante. I'm curious what guys like Judy, Patrick, Miners, and Boone did wrong. Judy made some real good catches, took contact and fought for yards. Miners was clearing big holes. Did he give up sacks? I just thought uh, there were other guys that played well besides Javante. Did I miss some of the mistakes or bad plays that these guys made um, that neutralized the good that they did? Um, Real quick on that, Judy. Again, you know, I'm not pointing to the receivers as as nearly as big. Neither are you as nearly as big of a problem as some of the other things. Um, I I don't have the receivers on my blame list at all. Um, I thought Judy was fine, but he didn't make an impact in a game until garbage time. Um, neither did Cortland Sutton. Neither did Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick had his first drop in what f- two years. Um, yeah. Not that it mattered at all. It was in garbage time as well. Um, but he didn't play. W- he didn't play well. You can't say he did. Um, Miners did look really good in flashes. He also missed the block on the fourth down play. Um, he also gave up a sack um and Boone you know what I'll add him to the list Mike Boone <laughs> I think we did give him some praise last night uh Mike Boone looked awesome I I, I already was part of Boone's farm um uh but you know I'm I'm opening up, uh, uh, you know, some more land on the farm.
0: (laughs) I'm right. I'm right there with you. And you know what? If the Broncos don't want to pay Melvin Gordon to stick around next year for, and let's say we don't see melt or or Mike Boone again this year, which would just be crazy after what he did last night. I'm very comfortable with him being the number two next year.
2: Okay. Yeah. Uh, I can, I completely agree. Uh, they looked like a thunder and lightning combo last night. And I love that. And by the way, that lightning was really striking at the point of contact, which was awesome. You know, we, we mentioned <laughs> it last night like he's learning, uh, learning angry runs from Javante. Although, we have to go back and watch the tape, he might have just had that before Javante, but. Uh, You love to see that. You love to see those running backs go and and punish tacklers.
0: Oh, absolutely. Mrs. Quill says, What changed by the Broncos' defense or Chiefs' offense did you see, if any, after the Chiefs' first two drives? Looked like they were on their way to 40 points, and they kind of got shut down completely. Well, Mrs. Quill, I think it's a great question, and it's something I touched on earlier. Uh, Tyreek Hill was just running wide open underneath, and all their underneath routes were just so wide open on their first couple of drives. And then they just vanished. And it was a fantastic job by Vic Fangio to change that up. We did not see Kenny Young lining up on Tyreek Hill one-on-one again. Uh, and, you know, it just flashbacks of Vaughn on, on Claypool, but probably even worse. And then they changed it up so that didn't happen again and really took away the easy stuff from Mahomes. Because he credit to him, he's been taking that more and more as this season has gone on, the easy stuff. Especially it's easy to do that when it's guys like Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, but the Broncos really shut that down.
2: Yeah, it's really funny that this happened because I really wasn't expecting it when I brought it up. But at our table at the bar last night, um, I brought up something that defensive coordinators will do once in a while. You don't see it a lot, but they'll go with a certain kind of scheme or a certain style against the script. They know the other team has a script. They know they've got a lot going on, and they want to kind of – when you run the script, you're also looking for what's going to work, and you kind of build your plan from there, based off of the concepts that worked for you on the script, sometimes defensive coordinators will play this card where they show you one thing against the script with fully knowing as soon as that next possession comes around, they're going to change things. Um, and I, again, you know, I want to watch the All-22 before I give them too much credit for this. But it's just funny because I was, like, grasping at straws after it was so easy. I'm like, hey, you know, sometimes they will do this thing where they show you one thing. On your first drive, and then flip it so you 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 know you think you have it figured out. Oh, here's what's going to work tonight, and then they flip the switch to go to a different you know kind of um, game plan is the word I was looking for. Flip the game plan, which is really what they were planning on going through the whole the whole time. Um, and I wonder if that was something that they employed last night. Which again, in a game like that, you have to pull out some tricks. That might have been one that they got on them.
0: Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, I think I think you're absolutely right there. Uh, next one coming in from Samuel B. Sweet says, hey, guys, what a frustrating game. I don't think this is on the offense because the running backs did a great job. What can an offensive coordinator do if you have a quarterback that is bad? Teddy is not it. Drew is not it. The good thing you can say is that any quarterback who sees the performance of this team tonight says, I can take this team to the Super Bowl. The defense and the running game were awesome. The wide receivers are totally dependent on the quarterback. Every time Teddy went to the deep ball, to Cortland, his ball placement was bad. He didn't give him a chance to fight for the 50 50 ball. To me, this game was 90% on the quarterback and 10% on special teams. Thank you for letting me vent. LOL, I love this community for giving us a space to do it. And we love you and all of your support, Samuel B. Sue.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, there were definitely opportunities there. um I felt like. As an offense, they just didn't see them. Like we mentioned on the show last night, I felt like slant was open all night, um, and they hit it when they went to it, and then they just didn't go to it. Um, I think back shoulder would have been there. Um, again, those those uh, outside corners were really sitting on the outside release go ball, um, and that's a perfect time to go to either the you know the the the, the stop route where you look like you're going to go, you turn around. Or even the back shoulder fade out towards the sideline. Um, I just I feel like they were they were they were sitting on that stuff, and the Broncos didn't know what to go to. And to be honest, uh, back shoulder fade is a is an arm strength throw. I don't necessarily know if Teddy Bridgewater has that juice in him, but I just feel like they didn't see what was there and try to ex- uh, try to exploit it.
0: Yeah, and Ryan, I mean, kind of what it boils down to what Samuel Bisu said is. The Broncos don't have their quarterback of the future on this team right now. They they don't. No one's going to convince you that they do.
2: Yeah, I agree. Negative false positive says it seems Minshew is a much better budget option than Bridgewater. He was what Bridgewater was supposed to be, a smart player that doesn't turn the ball over. I will say this. It was against the Jets. Just <laughs> I do feel like we have to point that out because uh, I'm pro Minshew as well, and I wanted Minshew from the start. But it it, it was against the Jets
0: the J E T S jets, jets, jets. But honestly, I mean, yeah, we, we all thought Minshew was probably the Broncos best option. If they weren't going to get a guy in the draft and they weren't going to convert, uh, on, on a big t- sort of guy, what did he do yesterday? Uh, he, I'm pulling up his stats right now. 20 of 25, 242 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, 133.7 pass rating. Yep. That'll do. <laughs> yeah. He
2: was, he was great. Um, did a lot of things that people have just been like begging for Jalen Hurts to do all year, like getting the tight ends involved and that sort of stuff, which is just funny. Um But it was against the Jets. It was. Against the it, Jets. It, was so, it
0: was. Lou Drock so, says, Hey guys. <laughs> oh, sorry. Lou drop says, Hey guys, hope you all have recovered from that loss more than anything. The game showed me once again, that we're just a quarterback away. Yes. There are other areas that can of course be improved, but if you stick Rogers or Wilson in a quarterback, then we're winning that game. So, Based on what you've seen from the Broncos, let's say that we can't get Rodgers or Wilson. Do you think Peyton is far more likely to trade for a quarterback that he thinks can get us over the line, Cousins, Jimmy G, Matt Ryan, than he is to draft a quarterback? Or would he view these guys on par with Teddy? Also, do you think a trade for Tua could be a possibility, assuming the Dolphins get Deshaun Watson? Cheers, Charlie.
2: Hmm. Um, is, Is he more likely to trade for a QB than draft a QB? I would say so. Uh, I would say that's plan A, right? Um, so if they can make that happen, then they'll do it. If they can't make it happen, then uh, then I think they'll look to the draft. But I don't see uh, – here's I, here's what I'm going to say. If George Payton wasn't willing to draft Justin Fields or Mac Jones, I just can't see how – where the Broncos are going to be picking, you know, 16, 17, 18 um, – Maybe even a little higher than that. I think right now they're they're higher than that. But they're going to, of course, win next week. <laughs> I know everyone hates when I say that. Um, uh, and they're going to move back down the order. So they're going to pick somewhere around 15. If he wasn't willing to go with that at 10, is he really going to be willing to trade up for one of these other guys? Or, you know, pick one of them at 15, like the third quarterback off the board? I just... I don't see it. So I'm going to be, I'll be really interested to see what the plan is this off season at quarterback. And, And I know everyone really hates this part. I won't be surprised if they don't really make a move at quarterback. If it's not one of those trades.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And unfortunately I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking scared, because that's the way the Broncos have put me these past couple of years, including this year with George Payton passing on the quarterback. So I want it to be a quarterback in the draft, but I'm a little worried that's not going to happen. And speaking of Tua, in the past four games that the the Miami Dolphins have all won – He's thrown 78% completion. He's thrown for 226 yards per game. He's thrown five touchdowns, one interception, 109 passer rating. Now, of course, small sample size. I'm not saying judge everything off there, but if Tua continues to finish the season on that high note, the Dolphins will probably still very much be interested in Deshaun Watson. That would be a very interesting one.
2: Yeah, uh, I was, I never abandoned Tua uh, this season. I was saying, I think he's better than people think. Um and and then of course there was that report that came out that, that that like at some point during the season that they had made the trade for Deshaun Watson. Remember, it was like yep. starting to bubble over, and I was like, I, I would be interested if the price was right. Obviously, you right. don't want to pay too much. Um, and now the price would have would have gone up significantly. But that was like buying low on Tua. I was interested in buying low on Tua. I will say, I he's he's I think he's going to end up having a average career. Um, like I don't think he's great um but I think he's better than what the Broncos have had for a while so there you know there's that weird middle ground there that isn't enough now to,
0: what do we think in right now his value would be a uh, can you get him for a second
2: <sighs> yes only because uh and I think you might even be able to get a better deal than that only because the dolphins have no use for him anymore obviously that you right. know they'll they'll keep a a uh, a backup but you're paying a first round pick salary. um, You'd rather just get something for him. I think the deal would be surprising what you were able to get him for.
0: Then here we go, Ryan. This is, this is one of my new favorite still backup plan, backup plan. Drafting a quarterback is, is up there. And of course getting Aaron or Russ, but Ryan here, here's what it is. You stack up capital for 2023's draft next year. You trade, let's say, a third for Tua or even a second for Tua. He's your plan next year. But you know what? If he doesn't work out, you've seen enough from him. He's had plenty of time to prove it to the NFL. Then you go draft a quarterback in 2023. If Tua turns out to be the guy and turns out that five touchdown, one interception in the past four games is him, you're set. Go build your team around him in the 2023 draft. I love that so much more than going out and getting Jimmy G than getting Kirk Cousins, tying yourself up long term. And honestly, I like it more than just bringing Teddy back.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm big proponent of just keep trying things. Um, and and the only problem with that is I don't know if I trust the, the the front office to just hey if this try this if it doesn't work go a different direction try this if it doesn't work go a different direction. Um, usually there's like uh, that sunk cost fallacy, right? That's like, well, we already have this guy. Let's give him a little bit more time. Let's keep trying it. Maybe it'll work out.
0: You don't trust him to be the Arizona Cardinals and move on from a first-round quarterback after one year.
2: I don't. And look how that worked out for the yeah. Cardinals. Maybe that'll help teams right? Um, move past their guys. Uh, but it's a, it's a really interesting um, option there if that happens. I just I don't have any confidence in the deshaun watson thing ever getting wrapped up
0: seriously it feels like that is like a story of so long ago
2: yep yep it really does all right i think that's all the time we have today it's been a very long show we do have some more comments but i will say this we're usually pretty light on comments on tuesday so if you did leave a comment today and we didn't get to it please do copy it over tomorrow we do want to get to everything we just can't we don't we can't go two hours today um so appreciate all of you guys for chiming in for tuning in for joining us, a ton of people watching right now. I appreciate everyone hanging out with us all morning. Um, And uh, we also, of course, appreciate Green Mountain Dental Group. By the way, hit us with a like on your way out. Green Mountain Dental Group uh, is a family-owned dentist group. Um, They are awesome. They treat you like family down there. They're part of our family. They've supported us for a long time. Green Mountain Dental Group is awesome. And they'll hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam with them. So do that and go down there just outside of Denver, uh, like a 15-minute drive from downtown. So check out Green Mountain Dental Group. And again, thank, thank you to everyone for tuning in. Thank you, Zach. We'll catch you guys tomorrow.